Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Open your hearts, loosen your bootays. It's time for Couples Therapies. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situationships and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex regrets or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. everyone and welcome to couples therapy my name is andy and i'm naomi we're a real life couple a real life couple of comedians and on couples therapy we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners naomi not just a couple but a couple about to be wed a couple about to be wed at the time the this episode drops march 7th four days away you guys four days four days until the day the stakes are huge (laughs) (laughs) yeah hey what is it, Sizzler? <laughs> the stakes are huge. Okay, okay. <laughs> leaving that, leaving that befuddled pause in there. You have to, you have to. Just leave it. You know, you know. People know the dynamic they've signed up for. Uh, hey, you've signed up for this too. I have, I have. Honestly, I'm no apologies, Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Absolutely not. Not for this. I'm a catch. Not for. Th- <laughs> <laughs> I have never once said I'm a catch. <laughs> You say it all the time. You say, don't lie like, to the I'm listeners. You, you walk never. around the house. You walk around oh. the house going, <laughs> going. you are lucky to have me. I'm 
a catch. First of all, you know I don't walk anywhere. I lay around the house, <laughs> if anything. Okay. And instead of saying I'm a catch, I'm saying I am so sorry I'm like this. <laughs> It's <laughs> like literally what happened. Oh, that's sad. But this is fun. I'm Ugh. glad we're I'm glad we're doing it. It's gonna be a fun day and we got friends coming to hang and celebrate us and it'll be nice to see people. So I said this on the page, but look, I'm a hard sciences guy. Mm-hmm. But listeners, please, I'm asking you, put put good vibes into the universe that it doesn't rain, that it that it doesn't emotionally rain on us. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, actually, at the time this episode drops, we will have had to decide on a tent either way. Right. So, really, it's about, you know, you got to look at that forecast and just say, here's what it is. Do we have any meteorologists in the audience? And can you tell us how accurate are weather reports about four or five days out? Because right now, as of the the day we're taping this intro, it says 5% chance of rain. Correct. But, you know, also, they told you it wasn't supposed to rain in California, and it still rains. I would say 30% of the year so far. <laughs> sure, but that's different. So that, like, that's climate. That's the climate well, yes. changing, not but, the actual, not the weather. But I'm saying, right. I see what you're saying. Yes, yes. Overall climate change, but then meteorologists, yeah, let us know. Oh my God, if we have meteor- meteorologists who listen to this, I would die. Because I'll tell you, we have multiple attorneys, public defenders who listen to Lifetime, my Lifetime podcast. A lot of them have come into my DMs to correct me on the amount of bail and bond you have to post for someone before they can come out. And I was like... You are all like brilliant women. Why do you listen to nonsense? Which is what I call my podcast. <laughs> anyway. The point is Wait, if that's nonsense, about. what is this one? I mean, this is sensitive nonsense. It is. That's true. Sensitive that's true. I think, nonsense. Look, I think we feed both your soul yeah. and your funny bone. Ho-ho. Now, we do have a little piece of wedding advice, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Well, this is, I don't know if this is advice. Well, yeah, I think it is. Actually, right. let's give a listen. Yeah, let's give a listen to this. Hey, Andy. Hey, Naomi. This is Stan. Uh, yeah, I've been blowing up. And stuff. Just wanted to celebrate y'all. Happy belated birthday, Andy. I know the wedding is coming up. Naomi, oh, that Taylor is a bullshit. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel you. Um, so I just wanted to offer a couple of pieces of advice. I don't know if they would be helpful at all, especially about that florist because that's also bullshit. Is there anyone that y'all trust that could maybe make arrangements um, for, like, the, the flower arrangements for the tables? My mother-in-law, God bless her, um, one of the things that we did to keep her busy because she wanted to be involved, um, she offered to make them. And so she made them for free, and they're gorgeous and, you know, fake flowers, um, save the planet. Um, but, you know, we still have them, you know, some of them to this day. They're absolutely gorgeous. Also... I um, wanted to suggest, I, since um, Naomi, you mentioned that y'all weren't having, I guess, like bridesmaids and things, um, you know, their squad there, um, just make sure that y'all have, like, I want to say, like, <laughs> not a lunchbox, but have a picnic basket for yourself, you know, because you're going to be so busy with the day meeting all of these people and these greeting folks, but I want to make sure y'all have a chance to eat, too, because that's very important. Um, and the third thing my husband would recommend um, is that you have an itinerary for the day of, whether or not you have a coordinator, you know, so people can just go to the schedule. You know, if they want to come to you with some stupid question, ask them, did you look at the schedule? Did you look at the itinerary? Everything is handled. Um, that way you really wouldn't even need a pro, you know, a coordinator for the day of, but I hope that helps alleviate a lot of the stress. I celebrate you too. God knows I love y'all so much. Thank you for a couple therapy, especially for quarantine. Um, all that you do, I just celebrate you both. Hugs to the entire family, including the animals. 
and take care. Okay, Dan, I love you. This was the most perfect voicemail. Thank you so much. I wish you had told me about your dang mother-in-law like two months ago. I would have put her to work for me. But thank you for all these suggestions. And you know you're right. I need to eat. There's no way I'm going to do all this without getting some food in my mouth. But I need a picnic basket made of the food that we have gotten from the venue because they got some bomb apps. Okay? But you are correct. I do need to find some act, some activities. Corn stuff. hush puppies. I'm looking forward to this. Andy can't wait for no corn hush puppies. I've talked about nothing else. But thank you so much for your kind words and your support yeah. of our union. And um, it's just nice to also hear from someone who survived a wedding day. Mm. You know, just mm. someone who went through it all and is still here and happy and sharing their experience, strength, and hope. Yeah. That's a kindness. That's a mitzvah. So thank you so much. I will say this. And I think I've said it before, but just to say it again, Naomi, regardless of these pressures that have been on us, we have had each other's backs this entire process. And I really, I, I feel, um, it, uh, oh, I can't say, I can't, oh, you've I can't acclimbed. be, you've yeah. acclimbed, baby. I can't, uh, I can't be uh, emotionally honest on this. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> Even though, okay. Also, if you were taught, you know, uh, Dan also brought up the Taylor and stuff. Yeah. So Oof. honey, you know, you can visit the Patreon. Cause I do get into it to detail in our most recent episode. <laughs> you actually spill names. Look, Look, it is what it is. And my side of the street is clean. Yeah. So well, I said hey, what I said. So I said what I said. There's a reason why it's a paywall. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What is the Patreon? Uh, what is the URL, Naomi? Oh, you mean patreon.com slash couples therapy pod? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You get two bonus episodes a month. You know, it's been a little while the last month and a half, so we were a little tardy. But trust me, we bring you the episodes. We bring you, you know, if you enjoy the intros when we're talking and connecting, just imagine a super long intro complete with movie and tv recommendations as well as some of the things that you just can't put on black games games andy's constantly giving us some late night quality games i made a game based on ariana debose's uh bafta performance we're having fun over there so again patreon.com slash couples therapy pod that was great naomi (laughs) with some good commercial plug-in thank you thank you now before we get into the episode naomi do you remember last episode of course. Yes. The wonderful Amber Riley. Of course I do. The stupendous Amber Riley. A gift to us all. Do you remember one of the advice questions was um, a woman calling. She uh, is struggling to uh, take some sexy photos for her yeah, firefighter husband, I think. Yeah, she's trying husband, to light the fire with her husband because he goes away when he's out there fighting fires. So they have some distance and it's like, how do we keep it spicy? How do we keep it sexy? And then how do I take a sexy photo? Because it's like, it's so silly taking a sexy photo. Yeah. Basically. And I was like, I understand. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, you do? Because I've never gotten one. Exactly. Because it's silly <laughs> taking a sexy photo. I feel too silly. Um, a number of listeners wrote in to suggest actually having boudoir photos taken. Oh, wow. A professional situation. We got a lot of comments on that. But we also got a comment. Uh, this is a unique comment. So All right. play this with Naomi, please. Hi, it's Beth. I've called in before with positive advice and feedback about MDMA for couples. But I'm calling in about the person who on Amber Riley's episode, ah, Amber, amazing advice, um, about uh, their partner wanting some sexting and sexy photos. And so far, advice is great. But I also wanted to recommend maybe getting the partner involved in some of these photos so that he could help take some photos in the middle of the moment, you could start in lingerie or something or even your favorite outfit and then save them for later. 
And then that way it's, you know, remember that fun time we had together. It's not just you by yourself taking care of the child while he's been away for two months fighting fires and he's asking for even more support than you're already giving him. This is a reminder of something fun you guys have done together. And that's the same thing for sexting too. Hey, I was just thinking about that one weekend. Hey, I'm missing you in our bed. Fun things like that. And it doesn't have to be you serving him. It's your relationship together and feeding it both of you. So I hope that helps. And of course, always love the podcast. Always, always, always. Oh, thank you so much, Beth. And that's a very good idea. Yes, have him take the photos. Make it part of the fun, the sensuality of me, togetherness. Me sexting you, Naomi. Uh, did you order the food yet? <laughs> Those are my. <laughs> no, you texting me is you telling me the food has arrived. Uh-huh. Okay, that's my I idea. See, of the I see. That's the good stuff. <laughs> Um, speaking of the good stuff, can we get to today's episode? Yes, Because the please. guest is a banger. We've this was this was so fun. genuinely fun. And we were working on getting her for a while, so I was so happy when we finally got to sit down and talk. And who are we talking about? You've already heard her dulcet tones. The one, the only, the hysterical Sherry Cola. Sherry is a comedian and actor you've seen on shows like I Love Dick, Claws, Good Trouble. Yeah, on Claws. Claws. Andy loves Claws. Good Trouble on Freeform. She's in the movie Joyride, which drops this summer. She's also in the movie Shortcomings, which just premiered at Sundance. She out here. She out here books, busy, blessed, and still just kind and fun. So without further ado, roll it. Sherry, can we just talk about how you are hip in Hollywood? I'm saying that you guys. That's because- where you wanted to start. I wanted to start with, we all got a case of the Mondays. That's true. We can oh talk about case of the Mondays. It's we are with the darkness we're, of we're, we're, we're all living in Garfield's stomach right now, and it's all just like digested bits of lasagna. It's and... a shit show. I <laughs> dropped cat medicine all over the kitchen floor, and the cat needs the medicine. Yes, I dropped rice and beans all over the floor. <laughs> Before that, you also dropped litter all over the floor. Uh-huh. I tried to do a voiceover audition and couldn't sound like a human for the life of me. Like, I just couldn't sound natural and normal. I kept playing it back. I kept doing it over, yeah. and I finally said, you know what? It is what it is. And then Sherry came to the Zoom with the same energy that we have been giving out into the universe today. So I feel like we are all on the same page. That's true. My question is, are the pills and the the kiblets still on the floor (laughs) or has it been sweeping up? Well, first of all, it was a liquid, hence the problem. Mm -hmm. That's why it was a nightmare. It was it was a liquid a moxiclav I was in like, liquid form. Oh Lord! Do we have this captured on the ring camera, the nest? Because this is slapstick is making a comeback. <laughs> we are the new Three Stooges, the three of us. <laughs> the three of us. This love triangle, if you will, I will. Is the new Three Stooges? Let's say it here now before it it you know leaks anywhere. <laughs> I mean, come on. We are, It's the multi-culti update of the Three Stooges the world needs. <laughs> this is the future liberals want. Uh-huh. <laughs> the uh-huh. that no one is hungry for Correct. because they don't realize what their taste buds exactly. are capable of. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's queer. It's brown. It's violent. That is what oh, is We let you be V. A QBV. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. You can break a hip. Yep. You can break a heart. We don't know. That's it. That's the tagline. That's actually the tagline. Okay. We don't even need marketing. Sherry did it. No billboards needed. Just word of mouth. <laughs> 
Here's the mass text. A simple airdrop. Uh-huh. Well, honey, none of our Bluetooths work. <laughs> I don't think we could do it. Okay, let's explain to the people about the Bluetooth. One Spectrum. Sentence. Just one sentence. That's it. That's all I'm allotting to. Spectrum wants is dead. Yes, Spectrum wants is dead. <laughs> that really wraps it up in a bow. Well, but also, though, in general, though, this is funny because I'll tell you this. Because I didn't realize Sherry was chaotic energy until I attempted to book her on this podcast. <laughs> and so that's what's funny. <laughs> Again, well, first, okay, so Sherry and I met, I mean, my God, years ago at the Virgil. I think it was Hot Tub, right? Was it Virgil? I, mean, I, I, I don't even I know. You, that's time and yeah. years and years. Exactly. We've known that's each other for 45 years. <laughs> I met you at the Virgil. So it, I don't know about Naomi, but that's where I certainly met you. So, but again, it was like obviously pre pandemic, like, you know, ages ago that we saw you. Um, but you are, what's so funny, Sh- Sherry has 14 jobs. Sherry's over here. Her computer don't have no memory. Like, it's like all of that energy. And that's why what I was going to say was, I think it's what I love, though, is that Sherry still can have has time to bring us a statement hat. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, in all the chaos, she still <laughs> said, bring a brim. But you I- understand, <laughs> it's because I haven't washed my hair in two months. There is awesome. there is fermentation <laughs> beneath the brim. Okay, <laughs> your hair looks too. Uh, 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 what's the word when you condition it? Like what's the right shiny, shiny, shiny. No, flowy, just yeah. like bounce body. Well, it looks like it has body. That's the word. Well, it's because of the oil spills <laughs> and then the elbow grease. Uh-huh. <laughs> elbow. Now grease. the joke is that the hair is connected to the hat, and you'll never know. Okay. Uh-huh. You'll never know. But that's that's very cute and flattering that you seemingly thought I had my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> I am Diet Coke and Mentos, spiritually. <laughs> spiritually. Okay. Wow. I am Diet Coke, Mentos rising. <laughs> mm. Mm. Now that's... You know, we usually... Whenever someone brings up astrology on the show, we're usually just like, all right, whatever. But that... You if, get it. If that wasn't what astrology was, I that I would be on board a hundred percent. See, that's relatable. Put that in a Cosmo quiz. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I'm cinnamon challenge, which is just taking a giant spoonful of something, feeling the burn, trying my best to hold it, trying to hold the pain. <laughs> Listen, on a good day, I'm a, a pickle wrapped. In bacon at the OC Fair. Oh. I'm an 11 p.m. glass of honey crisp apple juice. Okay, that is his nightcap. Seriously, Sherry, do you know how wholesome this bitch is? His nightcap is literally apple juice. In a highball glass. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, wait, here's my question. Do you brush your teeth before or after this nightcap of apple juice? After, but much later. Much later. That's good to know because I feel like teeth brushing is synonymous to getting gas, going to the ATM, an yeah. errand, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got to put a podcast on. Yeah. I can't just do it. I can't. I, I have to like listen because it's a whole thing. It's flossing. It is brushing. It is uh, mouth washing. So you put a podcast on and then you do that. And it's only eight minutes total, really. But It is a, re- a responsibility. It is foreplay. It is, it is work. It is <laughs> yeah, the- it's 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 foreplay for going to sleep. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I also meant sexually as well. It is good foreplay when someone's oh, yeah. fresh, when someone's minty oh. fresh. Or you know what I'm into? I like when people, I like washing your hands. I always be like, hey, to go wash your hands. If I tell you that out of nowhere, it's because I want you to touch something. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my rule. 
I'm actually religious when it comes to hand washing, though. That I'll do for free. <laughs> okay, everything else, they got to put you on payroll, is what you're saying. Everything else needs to be union. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fill out your W-2s. Yeah, I get it. I-9, we, we, all the whole. Could we be more in the biz? Oh, God, we're well, sickos. Naomi started there. And, and I pushed us away not. because I'm like, we I don't, are I don't, disgusting. Right. I don't necessarily want to hear about you hanging out in the Viper room or whatever. No, I it wasn't going to ask about that. But what I was surprised, like, Sherry is booked, busy, blessed, uh-huh. but also truly chaotic. Uh-huh. And so how those two things live together. And we also discovered in this moment, because Sherry is using her girlfriend's internet, that Sherry is in a relationship. And I said, okay, you have a lot on your plate. There is a lot going on that you have to sort of keep together, you know, in couples therapy. Now these people, we're going to be answering people's questions. People need to know where you're coming from. And obviously you're by the seat of your pants. You are just making it to the end of every day. Hour by hour, minute by minute. Always? Has this always been the way or is it in being busy? I think it's always been the way. Although I like to look ahead. I like to plan. I like to know what's going on two Thursdays from now, but really I'm go with the flow. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Hope for the best energy. Did you grow up in California? I did. So I was born in Shanghai, China, if we're going all the way back. Yeah. In the year of 1994, okay. um, I was in America. What was going on? Who was the, uh, was it Deng Xiaoping? Who was the, who was the president? 1994, um, all I remember is that the movie Lion King came out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was the Northridge earthquake. Those are the two bullet points of 1994 that I can throw out just uh, naturally spew for you. <laughs> While you're talking, I'll look up 1994 in Wikipedia and see what we 1994 get. hot hits. But those are two big ones, though. But that's that's that is is that when you moved to California? That's when I escaped to America solo. <laughs> no, I was around like three, uh, three or four. Depending on which calendar you're, you're, you're referencing, um, I was in between ages, if you will. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You were three with a four rising. <laughs> yes, January first, yes, yes, nineteen ninety four. NAFTA is established. That's the beginning of the end, everyone. That was wait, NASA. NAFTA. No. Oh, NAFTA. Free NAFTA. trade agreement. Ignore him. It ushered in neoliberalism for real into. Stop it. I want to hear about. NAFTA. Okay. You know, we only know SAG AFTRA. Okay. That's all we know. SAG NAFTA. <laughs> Was, you know, oh. actors, uh, they, that's when they stopped paying actors in America wages. And so they started bringing in Canadian and Mexican actors. That's not what happened. I actually wasn't sure if that was real or fake. Exactly. <laughs> and I was very engaged. I was, I was, I was invested in that I fact. Know. I know. Well, you know what he's good. At? First of all, he reads more than I do, and he's very good at being deadpan. So I'll be like, "Is this true?" Like when he's saying something, and he's like, "I've made that up." I'm telling you, You've I'm going to learn. Yeah, I'm going to be the mo for the our, our three students <laughs> reboot. I'm the mo. Okay. okay. Yeah, the, that was a good fact. That was a good fact. Snapple could never. <laughs> <laughs> Snapple is shaking snapple is on their knees thank you for saying it uh but i grew up in san gabriel valley which isn't far from you know la proper still la county yeah yeah so 626 as we call it the sgv Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a lot of nicknames 
Not a pet. Right, right, right. But this explains it though. Your cow, like you had that, you've got that California style, the California energy. The reason why I asked is because you said you were like, I like to go with the flow. And I was like, that's West Coast. And I was like, someone who's like, I'm going. That is West Coast. But a lot of people also say like, I'm just fast paced um, as well. And kind of no bullshit, if you will, which is very East Coast. That's true. Well, that's what I liked about you. You're direct. I feel like I know who you are within when I meet you right away. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to somebody I where it's like, it. I'm presenting something and then maybe if I get really drunk, I'll cry. Like I oh. like people who I just know who they are. Like just tell me who, what you're, I know the personality yeah. I'm getting. Honey buns, I'll cry when I'm sober. Exactly. <laughs> I don't need an excuse. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know what? One, uh, one compliment or insult or more just overall read that someone said to me once was, you, you always seem like you just got off a flight, <laughs> <laughs> which literally could not be more accurate. And I don't even know what it means, but we know what it means. You look yeah. like you just got off a flight. Yeah. Oh my God. That's perfect. Oh, yeah. that person read you. Like that was the most accurate thing I've ever heard. Period. Yeah. Period. Yes. Bifocal now fortune cookies are shaking. Fortune cookies are shaking now. <laughs> Now, given all of this, what are you someone when it comes to dating and meeting people and out and about? Um, were you somebody you, you don't have to talk about the current relationship if you want to respect the privacy of that love. You don't have to. But obviously, I love to hear it. But like, were you someone like were you like someone who had crushes a lot? Were you someone who was like, mm, I don't know, I got to kind of see how you are and Naomi see if you're worth it. Projects her own her own past onto our guests. Well, how mm. else do you start conversations? I, by projecting your past onto by, a stranger. By unloading <laughs> upon hello. Um, you had me at trauma. That's uh-huh. that's that's how I operate. That's in my bio. Um I, I am notoriously always intrigued by someone. Okay. And I don't know if that's because I'm one of those people who are always like bored and, and want to feel something. I, I, I don't think I seek it. You just pick it up. You know, it's just lint roller energy. You know what I'm saying? But for a long time, because I do identify as bisexual, when I first realized I was bisexual, there were just years and years um, of being in emotional cul-de-sacs with straight women. You know, mm-hmm. so it was a lot of just like, oh, I like you. And they they were, you know, int- they liked hanging out with me because, you know, we're funny, yada, yada. You know, just entertainment around the clock. Right. Zip, zap, zap, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so it was a lot of just like having crushes on women who didn't like me back. Um, and then I started actually dating women but still hooking up with dudes. I don't know. It was always, there was always something going on, whether it was like unrequited love or um, something. So I, I, I always had crushes for sure. Yeah. Always in my feelings <laughs> in some way, shape or form. Yes. Drake yeah, I, could never. <laughs> Drake could never. <laughs> I relate to that very much. Like I get that. I feel like I was always that way. I was, you know, I was an Ani DeFranco teen. You know what I mean? The darkness, the feeling, the emotion. The... But it was always an unrequited situation until mm. like 
Andy, I guess. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yes, I had boyfriend, but like I didn't have very many boyfriends. Like it was like I was always crushing on someone from afar. Um, or it was like we were really good friends, but they didn't like me that way, or that you know, it's always just like some, something, something too much. I can't be the first requited. I may be the first requited who's also so masculine and virile that it <laughs> overpowered you. That mm. has to be the- <clears throat> okay, wait, well, my question is, did you uh, casual fulfill? <laughs> <laughs> the virility, the virility, the masculinity. AKA hook up with randoms. Did y'all do a lot of hooking up with randoms? Because no. feelings and relationships, not so uh, substantial, but you know, the sexy, sexy time on the side, technical scientific term. That is that was scientific. I did not realize you would be bringing a social psychology. Um, I am Bill Nye. Bill Nye is shaking. <laughs> Fauci yeah. could never. Wouldn't it be so funny? I I would love a TV series called Young Fauci. Move over, Young Sheldon. And what is what was Young Fauci like? Was he hot? Was he getting <laughs> or, getting some? Or what if it was in the style of Everybody Hates Chris? Everybody uh, hates Fauci. Right. So yeah, so, so yeah. How old is he? He's in his like what, 50s, 80s, 80s? Yeah, Fauci, Fauci. So when is young? 70s? The 1970s? No, I want to see again. It'd be a period piece. That's young? what I'm saying. Right. So when is young for him? The 1970s. Oh, 1970s. Yes, I thought you meant his 70s. And I go, just but we could call yeah. it. We could. It could be on Showtime. We could call it the F word. Okay, the way Sherry just comes together with an entire pitch document. Uh, I'm just thinking that if it's the 1970s, then he's fighting Nixon or something. Okay. He's trying to do, well, didn't he make his bones on HIV research? Isn't that like where he like figured, oh. uh, where he like got his... his uh... See, Sherry and I don't know nothing. We don't know. Andy, is this true or false? <laughs> I think it's true for him. I think it's so true. Then he, so maybe it's set during the 80s. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be and good. he's fighting Reagan. What if he's physically fighting Reagan? Okay. We all want to see that. I want to see Inglorious Bastards, but with Ronald Reagan. <laughs> and Fauci. Uh-huh. Exactly. But I have to go back to our, our guest. Okay, sure. Andrew. Of <laughs> you don't want to keep, keep yes ending on, on Fauci fighting Ronald Reagan in 1986? But... <laughs> I have to pick up something because you said it was different sort of the hooking up on the side versus the relationships and feelings. Mm. My thing was I would hook up and have feelings, right? Like I was kind of hooking mm. up, hoping it would become a relationship. You were on the hook. Exactly. Whereas are you someone who's able to sort of separate that, like be in it for the fun of the physical without getting entangled? I think so. But mostly and as I reflect on my habits in my 33 years, it seems like I am able to be more casual with men, but with women is where the feelings get caught. Hmm. You know, like I, I feel like I'm the the fuck boy, if you will, when it comes <laughs> to men. Like they're always like they're obsessed they with you. They're obsessed more. with you because you literally can't be bothered. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Because I'm like, who it is? <laughs> Yeah, with women, I am you up. You know what I mean? Uh, is Absolutely. That, is that because you're matching their energy? Which one? Meaning matching? Both. In oh. both cases. Wait, like tell me matching. more. Like, are you are you mirroring their energy? So if you're like, if you're a fuckboy with guys. Are you picking guys are who are fuckboys? Are you picking up their fuckboy energy and matching it? And then it happens to be that the women you're attracted to have more depth. And so <laughs> then you tend to match their energy. 
What I'm hearing is I'm getting revenge on men. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what <laughs> I'm hearing is I'm like, so men ain't shit. And you found that out early. Or just the ones you're dating ain't shit. Okay, true. Perhaps. Here's the but, thing. They are shit. I will say they are shit. There have been a few good men. <laughs> Trademark. Um, and You can handle the truth. <laughs> but, like, I, I think I lose interest, perhaps. Or maybe I just never saw myself with a man in the end. I'm not sure. And nothing here is... True. I'm just processing in real time. I'm not sure. Do you have a picture in your head of who you want to end up with, regardless of gender? Because Naomi asked me that once, and I'm like, I didn't really, I mean, I'm attracted to women. That's basically all I know about myself. But he didn't have But I didn't have, like, a picture, because she was like, did you see yourself ending up with a black woman? I'm just like, I I just like women. Like, there's not a, I wasn't, like, in my head being like, it's got to be this ethnicity or this one, and that's it. Like, there was nothing there. But not even, but again, not even type. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, you didn't have a sense, you know, of, like, what you saw for yourself based on who you are or what, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of vaguely did, I think. But I, but it was also like, I was like, okay, well, I'm a lady comedian. I won't have a lot of options. I'm not very thin. <laughs> like, I was very practical. You know, I, I was, but this is also before Andy and I met. Like, I mean, like in my 20s. You know what I mean? Like, when I early, where you're like kind of thinking about that sort of thing of like, who will I become? And like thinking about that. But I don't know. Not necessarily. I mean, let's bring out my vision board from 2009. <laughs> um, but I, I really don't think I had a specific person in mind i think back to the go with the flow energy also just like people who grow up wanting to find love as the priority i don't think i was ever that person you know so just in general i i just kind of uh went with the flow even with relationships i was never looking things would happen and then you just go with it you explore it um it ends or whatever happens and you know, you get ghosted, whatever, like, because before my girlfriend, I got ghosted by this other girl, which was bananas. You know, you just never know what to expect uh, when you dive into something, especially Name unexpectedly. Her. So <laughs> Name her yeah. in public. Name, Name her. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's She signed an NDA early on. OK, I know I know better. <laughs> Mama didn't raise no fool. Charlize Theron. <laughs> no, uh, Charlotte Church. <laughs> Ah. Uh, <laughs> why why it's the char char of it all uh, char uh, uh, charmander actually the uh, pokemon oh yeah what what stage i don't know about pokemon is Star- it um well i didn't want to you know um assume what stage they were in i don't i actually don't even know the order of the chars do you no I, i've never played pokemon i don't know nothing about no pokemon <laughs> i can okay. name, i can name some if i have to uh, I am Squirtle. 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 Squirtle is was my nickname in college, but for different reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's because I was uh, big on water fights and slip and slides and, and uh, eating waters. Yeah. I mean. Oh. <laughs> my nickname in college was Mewtwo. <laughs> well, because I'm a comedian, you know, I had a squirty flower. You oh, know. Okay. Wow. 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 You're a real Joker. Yeah. <laughs> real Joker. Real Joaquin. Uh. <laughs> no, no, I ask because, <laughs> but uh, because I don't know. To, for me to picture my future, felt like death. Because like I could see, mm. like it, it, I couldn't just like stop at like 
uh, 29 or something and be like, all right, well, this is who I'm dating then. It was my brain would just fast forward all the way to the grave. So I just didn't <laughs> picture the future at all. Mm, interesting. Well, with you bringing that up, it makes me uh, curious. Do you guys date to marry or date for the moment? Because I know a lot of people who date to marry. Right. Because that's the end goal. Right. Like there's no fucking around. But I also know people who date like people who just want a girlfriend for that year, for that year. You know what I'm saying? Like a microdose, if you will, a microdose. Well, people who microdose love, you know, I didn't. It was not about date to marry, but definitely I needed to have a sense that there was a future. Like I needed the illusion that it was, it could be something. Yep. So for instance, if I, if we were not get together, like if I got with somebody and they're like, oh, I don't want kids. I wasn't like, we have to end this now. Do you know what I mean? Cause like, that's not, I'm like, like, we have to continue this now. I don't want kids either. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Well. <laughs> but like, whatever that kind of thing is, you know, like when I was younger, I was like, that's, it wasn't that. It wasn't like you have to be my, we need to be on a road to, married you know but that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it could have a future if it wanted to you know got it got it i'm either i'm either love island or 90 day fiance there's no in between really i'm very extreme mm-hmm. I feel. not surprising uh-huh <laughs> just got off the plane because when i'm <laughs> just got off the plane um uh airline uh a mystery okay let's leave that let's leave something a mystery here um, but I feel like I'm I'll either be like just really out here and do my thing with no, no, no rules or expectations. And then once I actually start dating someone, I'm an ex- like I'm a criminal monogamist, you know, <laughs> like I think that's just my energy. Yeah. Criminal. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Criminal. Criminal. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Naomi, I think I'm in between. I'm either Fuckboy Island or <laughs> uh, Milf Manor. <laughs> I, I don't know that one but i would like to know that one i know it's a real show and i was like i gotta see this show called milf manor because apparently the women bring their own adult sons and then their sons will hook up with like another woman there and i'm like how are you hooking up with like your mom no so it's 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 working title chaperones <laughs> Active and you know, manner. We have to like find out. I can't watch that. That is so gross. Well, this is the thing. This is what I heard again. I saw someone describe it on Instagram. Friend of the show, Jeff Hiller. He was talking about it. And I was like, wait, what? They're like around their moms while trying to get with some other lady. Ew. I'm like, I hid my dating life from my parents as much as possible up until I asked you to marry me. Now <laughs> <laughs> they had no idea what your life was. No idea. Do you? Okay. 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 Share. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Exactly. I, know, I do want to know about the parents. Do you have a relationship with your parents where you can share <laughs> information or do you have a relationship with your parents where you keep them at arm's length? Do you have a crush on your own father? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting I, a new show called Dilf Manor. Yeah. Yeah. Where's that spinoff? Um, <laughs> okay. There's so much, right? There's simply so much. Because one, the immigrant parents. Mm. Two, being queer with immigrant parents. Mm. Three, just in general, parents don't understand. Stay out of my business, mom. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I hate dad. All that stuff, right? So there's a lot of layers. And, okay, so up until literally this year, I didn't really share much relationship stuff with my parents. 
for a lot of reasons. My parents got divorced when I was like 14. So already there was an emotional hiatus with my dad. So I didn't share much about anything with him. Right. My mom always saw me as this like naive robot (laughs) that like was incapable of feelings and sex, like in that way. Right. Because I never shared anything with her. I remember, um, and, you know, cut it up and make it pretty because these are just thoughts (laughs) coming out in real time. (laughs) But I had, I dated many people, but I never really shared with my mom Also, because you don't know how serious it is. Right. And then it gets to a point where it ends. Then you just never ended up telling your mom. Right. That you were dating a Brian for, you know, two years on and off. Right. Like it just it just it never gets shared for that reason as well, because it's it's so, you know, whimsical and up in the air. And, you know, it's vapor. It's vapor. Relationships are vapor. So, um, yeah, I had I had a boyfriend when I was 17 my first boyfriend in high school. And I remember my mom uh, asking me if I went to prom. And at that time, uh, let me, let me restart this. It's too many. Too many. What a loaded question. That is like loaded uh, tots, loaded tots with jalapeno, uh. nacho cheese and carne asada. Um, but basically I, I, I remember. Okay. So in high school, me and my uh, boyfriend, Yusuf, right? We didn't go to prom because the whole thing, it was like footloose, right? It was like, Sherry doesn't dance. That was the rumor. That was the precedent. That was the absolute uh, mission statement, okay, <laughs> of, of the year 2007. So um, my my boyfriend at the time, Yusuf, didn't ask me to prom because everyone just, you know, that was the whole thing. Sherry didn't dance. <laughs> so um, that was the school slogan. Sherry doesn't dance. Oh, my Lord. So we ended up just going to um, dinner and a movie that night. And I remember going home that night and um, my mom, because she has a local restaurant that a lot of the other kids' parents went to, she was like, oh, blah, blah, blah's mom told me that there was like a dance tonight. How come you didn't go? Like you could have met someone. That's literally what she said. I remember her saying that. And then in that moment, I could have said, oh, I didn't go. But, you know, I have a boyfriend, Yusuf, and we just ended up hanging out. Like just all these words that you wish you said in those moments where it would have been so easy to bridge the gap between you and your parents, you know. Mm -hmm. And I remember I didn't. And I just was like, oh, I didn't go. And so she's just thinking, like, I didn't go to prom. I have no interest in love. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the takeaway, the conclusion. And I feel like from that point on, it just was this pattern, right? That was behavior that was hard to unlearn of keeping things from your parents, you know, because then I dated multiple people. I, I then realized I was interested in women as well and all these things were just not shared up until 2018 when I booked the show that I'm on, Good Trouble. And I portrayed I portray a queer character on the show. And at this point, like my friends knew I was bisexual. I was living my best life, you know, just on my own, whatever, without having that conversation with my mom. So then because I was about to portray this character that could potentially be a role model, etc., I decided, okay, I need to liberate myself in real life. And that's 
to have the conversation with my mom. Cause even with stand up, you know, I, I, you know, am, am loose uh, with the topics, if you will, but I never talked about queerness back then when I first started because I thought, oh, what if someone records it? It ends up on the Instagram and then my mom sees a video and then she'll know I was queer. Like I just was like completely procrastinating that conversation of queerness uh, with my mom, you know, someone who I'm so close to, but it just, it's, it's, there's never a right time, right? So to show them the side of you that they've never been exposed to, like relationships, let alone sexuality. You know what I mean? It was just so much. So um, to, in 2018, I had the conversation with my mom about being queer and, you know, it's still, it's still a conversation. Let's be real, you know? Um, and I ended up telling her that I've dated a bunch of people. Like that was the first time I even told her, like, I've dated men, I've dated women, blah, blah, blah. And then cut to 2022, I'm sorry, 2023. Um, now that I have this girlfriend that I really find myself, uh, you know, I see myself being with for a long time. Um, I'm involving my parents in this part of my life um, uh. for the first time because I've had a girlfriend in the past. I've had queer relationships, you know, and um, relationships with men. And I just never involved my parents. But finally, this is the very first time as a 33 year old woman, also because I feel like there's so much behavior and dynamics that needs to be unlearned. And we are the first generation to do that. We are like this chapter of time as we know it. We can single-handedly just change patterns, you know, like, and have conversations that are so overdue with our immigrant parents, with our parents who are maybe narrow-minded, who did not have um, access to these new age concepts, who were not exposed to TV shows like Good Trouble. You know what I mean? So I feel really passionate about that. And it just feels like a, you know, better late than never situation, you know, involving my parents in my life um, that happens to involve queerness. And also this career, you know, that they couldn't even grasp let alone my grandpa, who I'm trying to tell, you know, that, oh, I have this movie coming out in June, grandpa. Like, what? That is absolutely a different language on top of the different language. You know what I mean? So it just, you know, I'm always on a panel. I'm always on a soapbox about this because I, I feel really passionate, even being an immigrant myself. These are just unfathomable dreams that I'm currently living, just like even being openly queer and being so proud of it and, you know, just checking off these bucket list items that were completely uh, unattainable, you know? Um, anyway, <laughs> was it, it was a yes or no question, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I get, I mean, I get all that. Yeah. I get everything you're saying. It, to it totally makes sense. And, um, you know, and but this and this is why, like, for as much it's Andy and I are both, you know, and something we've struggled with since moving to LA is that thing of like not letting this business and the work of it overtake you, and also trying not to, especially then when we sit down to talk to people, not talking just about work, but at the same time, I do think there is something about becoming a public figure, you know, that does impact how you move through the world, right? Even if that's public with a capital P or a small P, right? Like I say, I'm small P public, you know? It's stand up. No one really cares. But, you know, it all, 
you're suddenly on a larger platform. People want to know what you have to say. And it's, you know, and, and not just do they want to know what you have to say, you know, but if you grew up in, at a time and in a place where no one was checking for you, it's not simply just, oh, I have a platform. It's like, oh, somebody want to hear from me? What does that yeah. look like now? And what am I and like? And it does force you to check in with who you actually are and making sure you don't become a psycho monster. Make sure you're being honest with the people who are closest to you and actually matter versus the performance of who you are. You know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Well, does your grandfather live here? Yes. My grandpa lives here. When did he emigrate? When I was in high school. So uh, 2005-ish. Yeah. So he's been here for yeah. a minute. But I, I just I'm, I, I don't know if I have the dates right, but I'm like he lived through the Cultural Revolution, right? So how right. do you now here in like hyper capitalist America in show business versus, <laughs> you know, the, the, the versus living in Mao's China in the '60s and '70s? It's like that is such that's it's not just like a regular like uh, like dumb grandfather who just like what is what are kids doing these days? It is like a totally different right mode uh, of living mode and of existing. Living. Yeah, mode of being. Which is and why the language of it all. Yeah, exactly. Which is why when we are in the positions that we are, whether it be capital P, whether it be small P, like how can we not utilize our platform, right? How can we not um just be so grateful as well that obviously there's so much ugly in the world. Um but like the just the resources that we have today, the luxuries even, you know, it's like they could literally not even fathom, you know, not even imagine. It's like even when you think about growing up uh, poor, you know, I remember my my mom would tell me that her and her two brothers would share one piece of candy, you know, back in China. And it's like. We're just over here snorting, you know, fucking sugar raw. <laughs> At Starbucks. Yeah, you know I can buy I can buy a bag of Bitto honey if I want. You can and just eat the whole you thing. You can eat the whole thing. I, I could buy Swedish fish extra large at Kirkland, the movie. Kirkland signature. You can get a tub, like a giant gallon of it, and that would be for you, and no one would judge. No one would judge. Right. Uh, <laughs> it just... Yeah. Yeah, and just for the record, Naomi, you are... I say your name. When people ask me who my favorite comedians are, <gasps> for the fucking record, um, that's huge. Like, I, 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 I quote you. I quote query, query, <laughs> on a weekly basis. Like, I truly, truly, truly like because you know, with with us and and stand up and having that community. Like, I always remember we we have to work. Uh, together and collaborate amongst our peers in the sense of like, of course there's going to be, and people have said this before, this is not, you know, a, 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 a groundbreaking quote, but, you know, we have our goals of who we want to work with, right? The people who are, you know, legends in the comedy world and actors who are A-listers and things like that, of course, but working like laterally, that is what's going to, you know, make us stronger. Like every single time someone asks me uh, who who like my favorite comics are, I always think about the people I see out at shows and like, you know, who ha I see hustling and grinding for years and years and years. Like 
you know, it's you and like I think Deborah Giovanni is so fucking oh funny. Oh my god, yes. Literally like Steph Tolev, like all of you guys just crack me up beyond, you know, like those are the icons. Those are the young legends in my head. You know what I'm saying? Canadian so Queens, Canadian just, Queens, yeah. Deborah and Steph are both Canadian Queens. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Throw Sabrina Jolie's in there. That's a Canadian trifecta. I need merch that says Canadian Queens. <laughs> so wait, okay. So knowing, I mean, my grandmother lived through the depression. So like, it's the same, I, I get that kind of thing. So are you able now to bridge these gaps between you and your parents or is it still a struggle? Parents wise, the, the, the gap is bridgeable. It's tough to bridge the gap between um, my grandparents and so I have uh, my mom's dad and my dad's mom are still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, those gas are a little tougher. Um, also because you get to a point of like, it's hard to, to say, but let's like, what's the point, right? In terms of, um, especially queerness, it's really hard for me to even like grasp, like bringing my girlfriend around my grandpa. Mm-hmm. It's still tough, like, especially because my mom's still processing it, like, because she, the the inner shame, the, it's a whole, it's a whole situation, right? Like I said, the conversation is still being had um, Uh about my queerness in terms of my mom. My dad had the luxury and privilege of wandering his eye and exploring uh, America and, you know, watching Netflix all day and going to Lady Gaga concerts for exercise. You know what I mean? Like he immediately was like, okay, I accept this. My daughter has a girlfriend. Also, he has two other daughters. So he has other chances, if you will. My mom only has me. (laughs) I am the end all be all. Um, So I think, you know, because I love my mom so much and she has been so supportive my whole entire life. And, you know, I, I have to be empathetic and patient about the cultural gap, you know, because she didn't know this life and didn't have these options when she was growing up, you know, and like her vision of her daughter marrying a man and starting a family with the man has been shattered. You know, like I, I try to be empathetic. It's really hard to walk that line of like, okay, I understand where you're coming from, mom, but also the plane is taking off, bitch. Are you boarding? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So it just constantly, you know, that line is really tough. And the grandparents is a whole different story, you know? Did you corner the Daniels at the Asian prom and say, hey, fuck face, that's my story? (laughs) (laughs) No, I did not. Uh, But, oh, what a masterpiece. What a masterpiece. Gorgeous. Performances. Stunning. And and I'm so stoked because Stephanie Shu is my dear friend and also in the movie Joyride that we have coming out in uh, June. Um, and I just Oscar nominated. Come on. Like she handle it. Absolutely. I know. And what what an underdog of a movie as well, right? I think that's also um a reminder to Hollywood, like, oh, don't underestimate us. That was a word of mouth movie. That was a word of mouth. We were joking. It's like, that is what, you know, like our, um, you know, reboot. 
um, of the Three Stooges. <laughs> it's like that was a movie that people were just talking about. That it was like, oh, okay, I gotta go see it. It's like, yes. When was the last time that happened? Really? And, and unlike Andrea Riseborough, no one's doing an investigation. Everyone knows what's up. Exactly. Like, it is- wasn't <laughs> secret. Like, let me get my powerful friends. Michelle Yeoh didn't call nobody. She said, I did what I did. Did you see Michelle Yeoh just simply speaks for herself. Like I, it just uh, Michelle Yeoh, I just it just you don't even need to uh, Michelle Yeoh. Those two words are just enough. You know what I mean? And the fact that she is the first Asian female Oscar nominee, am I am I correct? A lead actress, I, I believe. I, I, I would say you're, prob- you're probably right. Like, I would be like, no, the there Academy. has to be someone else. But then I'm like, you're Knowing probably what you know about the Academy for lead. What about like, for lead, uh, definitely. What about uh, uh, for um, the drinking movie? Did Sandra O get one? But she would have been supporting. It wouldn't have been leading. Uh-huh. If she even got it, it What's wouldn't have been the drinking movie called? You keep calling sideways. it sideways. <laughs> you keep calling it the drinking movie. Yes, this uh, every movie is a drinking movie, if you really. Yesterday, you know. I called it the drinking movie with the guy from Billions. That Paul is what Andy, he, we were playing this, a game of celebrity, and Andrew could not think for the life of me of anyone. I was like, what are you talking about? This is how I about? describe Sandra oh. I'm like, the lady in the drinking movie that starred the guy from Billions. He's not here for pop culture. I mean, I would have said Grey's Anatomy in a heartbeat, and then mm-hmm. Killing Eve. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, if you needed to pick the It was hits, the first thing the that hits. came to mind. Any, anyway, wait, we're, why don't we, do, do you have time? Can we answer some questions? Can we answer? People our, need us. Yes, but I have to say, when it comes to Sandra Oh, also up there in top five is Princess Diaries. Oh, okay, that is where our age difference might come into play. Iconic uh-huh. role. <laughs> yes. <laughs> breakout. Just complete breakout. Oh. Um, but but yes, Michelle Yeoh, I believe this is the first time an Asian woman has been nominated for lead actress, which is such a big deal and still so overdue, right? Like it's just all of these conversations and and how lucky, I guess, you know, uh, for the lack of better word, uh, are we to be witnesses and to be a part of that impact in real time, you know? So um, that's my closing statement. <laughs> okay, now we can cut to commercial. You guys, we yes. will be back with Sherry Cola to help you. Okay, <laughs> so stay tuned. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we're back with Sherry Cola here to help you handle mm-hmm. your scandal, okay? Sherry said, I got a plane to catch. I don't have much time. But we said we got to get to these people. I don't have hearts. much time, but they're I hearts. am in line at Starbucks, and I am going to get three different pastries. <laughs> I am the fire marshal on the 315 Southwest flight to Dallas. So I, <laughs> the clock is ticking. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, I think this first one. Okay. I don't, again, I I don't always choose ones based on the guests. I just intuit into the universe. You intuit. Yes. I think this might be, I think this might be right. But let's see. Okay. Hi, Andy and Naomi and illustrious guests. I'm a recent full-time listener and a former dad listener, which is like when your dad stands behind you while you watch Euphoria, but for podcasts. Uh, I'm looking for any advice you could give about friend breakups. Trying to make this super quick, so the quickest backstory I can get, me and this girl, I'll call her Sarah. We were best friends in school. We lived together for like four years pre-pan. Her partner moved in with us at one point, and I'm now very close with her partner. Sarah and I had a good friendship, but there were problems, mainly codependency. And I acknowledged that that wasn't entirely healthy, but I thought it was equal. She disagreed and thought I leaned too much on her, so I accepted her boundary and I pulled back, but she did not. Instead, she'd emotionally unload, I'd give advice, and she'd ignore it until a different friend said the exact same thing that I had said, and then she was like, oh, he gave me such great advice. (laughs) Uh, I kept getting hurt by her actions, not just those, and it only got worse when the the pandemic hit and we were stuck inside together. She moved out summer of 2020, and I told her I needed a break from our friendship. During that break, I had time to really think about what I needed from a friend and all the ways she violated that and been pretty toxic to me. I could list the ways, but I don't have time. And Other friends have confirmed that I was not being treated how you treat a friend or even a, an acquaintance. Uh, summer of 2021, she reached out with a half apology, very, I guess I hurt you. And I was just eager to put any unpleasant be- unpleasantness behind me, so I accepted her apology, and we started slowly rebuilding our friendship meaning I would invite her to events and she would occasionally show up. Over the holidays, she and her partner broke up, and I was still recovering from an emergency surgery, not a BBL, I promise. And still, I told her to reach out when she was ready and I'd be there for her, but she never reached out. So in January, I reached out to her, checking in. We talked for a bit. She emotionally unloaded about some things, but I was still bedridden and I didn't have a ton of energy, especially not for someone who didn't check on me while I was recovering. We talked maybe twice in the next few months, always me initiating. Fast forward to a few weeks ago, I hit a huge step in my career, and I ran to the group chat to tell my friends, only to find out that she'd left the group chat and unfriended, unfollowed, and blocked me. I had no idea what happened, so I reached out, finally got a response, and she said it was because I didn't care about her, and she said we hadn't had a conversation in two years. Very factually untrue and emotional bullshit. But I just kept it diplomatic, and I said, you know what? We don't need to be friends if you haven't grown up and learned to recognize someone's help instead of just deciding that they hate you of your own volition. She's done that multiple times with multiple people, but I digress. The problem is, my caveman brain keeps wanting to go mean girls level scorched earth, but we have the same friends, and we work in this very incestuous industry, which you guys are familiar with. So I know not only will I see her around all the time, but I don't really want to be a huge bitch and have that bite me in the ass later. Do you have any idea, any advice for how to get over a friend breakup and how to quell the all-consuming urge to be petty? Thank you so, so much. Love the podcast. Mm. Ah, this is very uh-huh. relatable to me. Uh-huh. Sherry, do you have thoughts? Do you? Okay, wait. 
before even we get to that, have you ever been petty towards someone? <laughs> I will say I am famously not petty. Yeah, I I got that energy from you that you wouldn't that this that you seem to kind of be like uh, bygones. Yeah, well, what's uh, I'm a true buy, you know, I <laughs> what I will say my friends, pretty much every single one of my friends, no matter what corner, know me as Switzerland to a fault. Maybe it's the divorced parents of it all. I just want people to like get along. You know what I mean? So I, I I would never be petty because I would never do anything that would make no progress for the situation. Huh. Okay. You're that's, trying to that's make how I everything do. good. You want everything to be good. Right. What about y'all? I'm going to say this, by the way. Switzerland uh, got a lot of uh, stolen Nazi gold. So... <laughs> Oh, so uh, let's uh, let's 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 just uh, I don't know how neutral they yeah, really are. Exactly. They're yeah, not maybe quite so neutral. We should update that phrase, that yeah. term. Yeah. Uh, what's another? We'll workshop it. We'll be in touch. We'll, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll come back. You so, guys, you can write yeah. us on Instagram if you have any suggestions. Yeah, they've got some of my distant cousin's wealth somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhere. Anyway, yes. OK. Uh, I mean, Naomi, you and I are. This is the thing. We are very petty. But we don't express the pettiness indeed. Right. Pettiness is for me being all, like at home. I'm just terrible. I'm wicked to the bone. Mm-hmm. But that's what I get to be in my house. And then yes. when I leave my house, I'm perfectly pleasant. Call her a falba or whatever. <laughs> Elphaba from Wicked Honey. Okay. Call her the wickedly talented Adele Dazeem. Thank you. That's how wicked I am. Your, petty, your pettiness defies gravity. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I relate to this i can hear caller i can hear how mad you still are and i can hear how you're like out here like factually untrue and the and like we did this but here's the thing that's this is the hard part it actually doesn't matter what the facts are because this is all about feeling meaning this other person is a sarah i already forgot but it's like sarah has this feeling sarah has this narrative and you actually can't control that narrative whatsoever So the only thing you can do to sort of stop the narrative from perpetuating is to be as pleasant as possible. And I mean, meaning not talk shit about her to the other friends. If you see her out in public, just how, how are you or whatever? I don't think being in a corner and giving a little looks and saying nothing is the right, even though that might be the impulse. And I get it. Again, I get it. I am with you on this. Like I hate this when I feel like I know I'm in the right and I don't even mean like righteous, just meaning like I know I did the proper thing. Like I, you know, when you say you were bedridden, you know, I went through some. You can't blame me for not calling you. You know, that is, I, I agree with you. You were in the right in that situation. You but, said it wasn't a BBL, but was it the uh, the old buckle fat? Whatever is that what called? Is, oh, yeah. What are they, the <laughs> removal? No, you know, people are bed. doing a lot of the earlobe implants these days. <laughs> Yeah. For an extra dangle. For an extra yeah, dangle. A little extra little bounce. A little bounce on the lobe. That's what casting directors are looking for. They are. They're saying when you slate, show us those lobes. Um, yeah, double <laughs> double eyelids are out. Go ahead. You bring up a good point because, you know, we don't know if Sarah or whatever her name is, Dr. Seuss, is, you know, narcissistic. But her narrative is her narrative, and that's not going to change. So sometimes there's no winning with people like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. um, you kind of just have to kill them with kindness, mind your own business, like to an extent, of course, and like 
just let it be, which is hard, but easier said than done. Cause you want to just get, get your word out, you know, your last yes. word out and all the stuff and explain yourself or whatever. Um, and getting blocked that cuts deep, Yes, you yes, know, yes, so yes, absolutely. I, I get the, the, the furiousness there, but sometimes it's just like people will think what they think and act how they act. And she's the one, petty one. You know, she's hella petty. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially and you also said too. you're like, she's done this with other people like other friends. So to me, that's further proof that this is not about you. This is about her, because anybody who really wants to be your friend will at least give you um, the courtesy of an open conversation, which is I haven't heard from you and it hurts my feelings. At which point you then have the right to respond. I am currently in medical recovery and I cannot give you the attention you need right now. And then they can respond. But if you know, because to me, that whole blocking and stuff without telling you, that's where I feel like I'm like, okay, you just, this person is not somebody you need, most certainly. And that kind of behavior does speak for itself. It does let people know. It lets the people around her know who she is, even if they're not on the receiving end of it. Do you know what I mean? Like when you hear stuff like that, you're like, okay, this is a person who's volatile and needs things their way. Right. And if they don't get it their way, they're going to like blow it up. And it's like, you know, this, are y'all like 26? Also, that's a sidebar, but there's something about this behavior that is feeling on, at least on her end, it's feeling very immature to me to just not have a conversation with somebody. We haven't spoken in years, so I blocked you. There like, are 40-year-olds we know that do that kind of shit, though. They, we do. Um, See, I'm not, I'm not for that. Like, I'm not for all the, like, there are people who I haven't spoken to, most certainly, but to me, it ultimately felt like there was nothing to be gained in having some big old conversation. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, they are who they are, so let, let it go. But if they had ever come to me and said, hey, what the fuck? I would have gotten my courage up, even though I don't like to fight. Only with Andy, because I know he loves me and won't leave. Um, I, yeah, when you said, I don't like to fight, I was like, I was about to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I know, I want to unpack the, the that a little more next time, because I, I do feel like we only scratch the surface today. <laughs> But I need part two. But I think it's like, if they had come to me and said, like, what's the deal? I would have uh-huh. kind of, to have a conversation. Yeah. And to me, their own lack of interest was like, okay, well, like, it seems like it might be mutual if we're both kind of feeling what, like, whatever. At its core, yeah. this is a thing, this is justice. This is about justice right. and about living in an unjust world and how, when it hits close to home, it really rankles you. I hold yeah. grudges for decades. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I get it. There are people I can still name right. from grade school who I'm like, fuck them. Right. Mm. I would never say that to them in person. I, I like in if, if I run into them somewhere or someone messages me something, I'm very polite. But in my heart of hearts, I'm like, we already live in an unjust world. And you have just made by doing whatever you did, you just made it by, you know, in this case, the the roommate or the former roommate blocking them, blocking the, the caller like that. You just made an unjust world just this much more. I'm holding my fingers, uh, a, a centimeter millimeter. Apart. Exactly. You just made it this much more unjust. And that to me, that to me is the ultimate crime. Well, I also always, you know, I have friends who, you know, a very common saying, which is like what other people think of me is none of my business. And mm. it's, that's another thing too, where I'm like, 
we actually don't think about it. It's not something I dwell on, but it's like, there are probably a lot of people who don't like me, who think I'm annoying. I mean, not only the strangers on the internet who tell me, but then also just straight up like people I know. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, we live in a world where people are allowed to have their reaction and their response to you. And we don't get to control what that is. And the only thing I think you can do in these things is keep your side of the street clean and live your best life. Those are the only two things you can do. Street sweeping on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. to noon. (laughs) If you do want to start rumors about this person... (laughs) You can't do that. You can't do it yourself. Someone you else has to, to do it. You can't tell someone else to do it. You have to figure out a way of seeding in those rumors somewhere mm-hmm. that they will find that these other people will find and then spread. Just just so you know, you can't. Perhaps you have nudes, blackmail, <laughs> you know, That's great. I usually suggest poisoning, but I like blackmail. <laughs> no, but honestly, yeah. uh, yes, there are going to be haters. There are also going to be many miscommunications that you are not even aware of. Mm -hmm. That's what's unfortunate about just being human, right? Like things that uh, are misinterpreted, things that, you know, when it comes to uh, first impressions, when it comes to whatever, right? There is so much lost in translation that there could be eight people mad at me right now and I don't even know it. You know, so I think the best thing to do is just radiate good energy and positivity and keep it moving, you know, and don't lose sleep over things you can't uh, control, which is how other people feel about you, how other people want to block you. You know, it's it's that's just it will be insignificant in about five years, maybe even five months. Yeah, I think both of you are on to the like deeper issue, which is an issue of control. And mm. if you really want to get good about this, I would say work on your control issues. Cause that's what helped me a lot over the last, I don't know, five, 10 years has been, all right, what can I actually control? All right, I'm going to do that. And then anything past that barrier or that boundary, I just have to put my hands up and be like, I can't control it. Yeah. And it's, it, it has, Honestly, working on those issues has made me a more peaceful person. <laughs> Not by much, but enough. Enough. Just, enough. That's yeah. a little another <laughs> centimeter. Yeah. Sherry's holding her fingers up by a centimeter. Um, do you have time for one more question? Let's do it. Sherry says, "Let's do it." All right. This comes. <laughs> She's got a plane to catch. <laughs> She's the marshal. Do you want to read this, Naomi? This comes to us from Instagram. A direct message. Okay. All right. Okay. Hold on. I gotta see. Okay, this is already too long. Whoever no, wrote not. it, it's three paragraphs. That's they're fat. Or, no, no, I could read it. I'm just oh, saying as, it, an, you know. as an intro, body, and conclusion. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> you know, thesis statement and then supporting evidence. Absolutely. Cover page. Cover page. Cover letter. <laughs> <laughs> it is the cover letter. There are references at the end. Okay. <laughs> hey, Naomi, Andy, and esteemed guest. I love the pod and appreciate your realistic socialist ways. I, a woman, she, her, thirty-one. I'm in a two-year relationship with my partner, man, he, him, also 31, that is mainly long distance. I'm a graduate student. Shout out to Andy. You get it. So sometimes, depending on the time of year and where the limited money comes from, I can be flexible in my location, whereas he cannot. We've decided that, in theory, we could continue long distance after I finish the PhD while I'm trying out academia. 
We were friends for a few years before we started dating, and we come from very small towns near each other in eastern Canada and are both only children who enjoy our alone time. What's eastern Canada? Is that Nova Scotia? I don't know. I have spent the last five years in a very liberal, they put liberal in quotes, unsure how I feel about this descriptor, but it's what it tends to be called, and have a variety of different dating experiences. Whereas he spent most of his life in small towns or very small cities and has not had the same experiences. We're also figuring out in our respective therapies where these two different inclinations stem from. In short, I felt trapped and wanted to escape. He never felt like he could or was worthy of making his own decisions. The way I currently view relationships is definitely shaped by a need to not feel trapped, but also developed through a relationship with someone I met on Tinder in late 2017. We, date, we dated, stopped dating, hooked up, but also became close friends. Through its development, I've learned so much about myself and how I viewed relationships, as in needing them to want me without knowing if I wanted them. And it taught me so much about acceptance and unconditional care for others. I accept him for exactly who he is without needing our relationship to be anything other than what it is, and he does the same for me. I care deeply for and about him, and he does for me. But we do not want to be each other's everyday ride or die partners making decisions around the other. Okay, let's get to the point. Wait, yeah. Oh, is there more? Oh, yeah, because we got to get to the point. I want to be non monogamous. Uh-huh. I want to hook up go. with this guy in particular, the one go. that we just talked about. Tinder from 2017. Yes. And I did once during a period where I thought it was okay for my partner, but there wasn't clear communication there. It also, particularly, that was a text where I'm like, gonna hook up. Exactly. And And then like, like, didn't see it till the next day. And it's like, (laughs) well, I have to. Um, And oh, and then also saying I want to and also I want to with women and femme folks. I've been clear with my partner about this from early on. And as my and as my friend before we started dating, he has heard about this other guy, the 2017 guy for some time. Mm -hmm. We've been trying to talk about this on and off. But in the most intense go in the most intense go back at it, we realized this is about my need for autonomy and his insecurity rather than just sex with others or this other relationship. The question that remains for me is, to what extent does his insecurity, meaning the current boyfriend, shape my autonomy, particularly when we live in different places? Mm. There's no clear answer here. So could you share your thoughts? Thank you for the public goods that you create for all of us out here in them streets. And then they said, because you said it was a DM. Sorry, I didn't realize this would go over three messages. Yikes. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, this is when the podcast becomes a book club. Absolutely. Um, and I respect it. I respect it. Uh, thank you for sharing. Wait, what was this person's name? No name, honey. Anonymous. Anonymous. When it's anon. When it's anon, it's because it's juicy. When it's anon, it's anon because we're talking Tinder 2017. Exactly. That was a good year for Tinder. Okay. <laughs> um, this is interesting. This is very, very interesting because, you know, I know a lot of people who, because of the long distance, it's a little more open. Mm-hmm. The relationship is more open. Uh, but I also know that there are people who are are not about that polyamorous life, you know? So right. it's tough. It's tough. I, I don't have any of the right answers. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I think I might. Well, it's not an answer that I think our listener wants to hear, but the the boyfriend, the long distance boyfriend seems like he doesn't want a yeah. open relationship and it seems like she does and that doesn't seem like a 
that's uh impasse. That's just, you know, you either have to be like, well, I don't, I, it's okay. I can, I can live with this because what my, I, I, I treasure the relationship more than I treasure uh hookup. Yeah. Or you just have to break up with the guy. Like I don't, yes. th- there's no, this is not a, I don't think there's a, Right, there's a middle ground here. I, there's not a good middle ground. You can it, definitely like because it seems like he, you said you asked him and he's just like, I don't, I'm not into that. It's hard to be convinced to open up your relationship if you are not into opening up the relationship. Exactly. You know, exactly. And then also too, I think this can also be exacerbated. I think non-monogamy, it's it can be different, like. The insecurity it stokes in one or both partners can also depend on the strength of the relationship as it stands. And being apart from each other already probably doesn't feel great. You see what I'm saying? So they maybe it's already this feeling of, oh, we don't have the connection I wish we did because our jobs prevent us from being close. And you want to get with somebody else? Who right, you it's like, really like and care about, and any other person yeah. who you know you feel drawn to in this time, that is scary. And I feel we, like his insecurities are very valid. Yeah, like you they're, know, they're his. Yeah, I mean, he's entitled to what, what he wants from a relationship. I don't. You yeah. Know, the, well, it says, does his insecurity shape my autonomy? Well, sure. If that, that's what a relationship is, but yeah, that's what you ha- and you have to decide yourself whether it. I mean. Let's look at this for real. You use the word trapped. So I don't know if that's this is what you actually want. Right. If it gives you that. Fe- and again, you're not saying he traps you, but something about a monogamous relationship for whatever the reasons are, which you don't have to even justify. They just are what they are. Make you feel trapped. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's monogamy's not for you. Not for you right now. Not for yeah. you. You know what I mean? Where you're at. Like, you know, like you and that is. That's only a pro. Like it's. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it as much as you're in a relationship now and you need to now kind of separate that, like break that up. I think to then do what you need to do, which I know is not pleasant. Or look inside and be like, is this worth? You know, I mean, you use the word trapped, so I would assume no. That that whatever you are getting from the relationship is not worth the monogamy. Was there a um? A statement on when they would be no longer long distance it says like we could continue long distance after i finish the phd while being in academia so basically also in theory so i mean this could be what three years six years or wow. longer depending on where if you the get program a, if you get a phd and you're on the job market and the job market i don't know what the phd is in but you know philosophy That's job tough. market i know is fucking awful so right. okay you're stuck going what to whatever college hires you. And whether- it could be the middle of fucking nowhere. And that's where you live for your yeah. paycheck. And so, and then, so that's, I mean, that's the thing. I think, you know. It this- seems like she'll regret not exploring the non-monogamous option. Yeah. It also sounds to me, because you gave a whole fat paragraph that you do still hold a candle for this person from 2017. So, and even as you said, you're like, we care for each other. We don't want to be each other's everyday ride or die partners. Okay. But you still really, as you said, care for each other deeply. You obviously still would like to be with him sexually. Okay. So this is not nobody. And I, and I also, if, if, 
I was your partner, I would feel some kind of way about that particular person. Too. Oh, I'd want to murder that guy. That particular guy too. He, it is a, th- you know, it's not. This is not just somebody who's hot who's coming into town. This is somebody you have yeah. a long term history with. So it is loaded. Oh, to if there up. was a guy like this for you. I would <laughs> fucking <laughs> go nuts. Yeah, I would lose Same. it. It's, yeah, it's like it's like two. So it's, so yeah. This so the the feelings around this guy that your partner has are founded. <laughs> like they make yeah. sense. I, so, I, I think you should just relieve your boyfriend of any future hurt feelings because it's already looking like you want out. Yeah, ask him to hand in his badge and gun. Exactly. You know? And key yeah. card. Yeah, key card. It's key card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Damn. I think so. Yeah. It's, and I know that's tough. What we're telling you is tough, and we're not trying to be glib about it. So you got some no. thinking to do. It's a journey. But, you know, you, d- you do no one a favor by staying in a relationship you don't want to be in. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've learned that. Oh, my God. Let us know. You got to give us a follow-up. You got to tell us what you do. You got to yes. tell us what you do, sis. We need to know. And then I'll convey it. I'll tell Sherry. Keep us posted. I want to see a picture of this Tinder guy from 2017. <laughs> you know? Yeah, then DM we'll tell you Sherry he's worth it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To be really sold like a candle. Oh, Sherry. <laughs> Sherry. Sherry. I can't get enough. Sherry. I I truly can't get enough. Is, is the feeling mutual? Yes. Absolutely. 100%. You're a dream. I'm going to be waiting for you at the airport. <laughs> Whether you're landing or arriving or departing, I'm going to be there with a sign. Uh-huh. I want you to uh, write a love letter in clouds while I'm on the plane. Okay. Like, I, I am so bummed that this can't be a 24-hour episode. <laughs> uh, who do I need to talk to to make that happen? But I, I want to come back. Because this is like a topic that we could unpack forever. Um, And an hour is just simply not enough. So thank you for having me. So much fun. Are your butts loose? Are your hearts open? They've always Always. Always. I got to change my pants. (laughs) Okay, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Ah, Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 